one of the things we want to highlight this month. We are focusing on generosity this month, and we hope that we're presenting a spirit that, that generosity is not about duty, it's not about responsibility, it's about the joy of becoming like God, who's the most generous God. And uh, we want to become like that in every way possible. So that's what this is about. Our theme is Earn, Save, Give. We hope that you get your gold coin. It's chocolate on the inside, by the way. Uh, today, to help uh, kick off this effort, uh, we're basing our theme upon the sermon that was written and shared many times by John Wesley back in the 18th century, who's the founder of Methodism. And it's titled Earn, Save, Give. But his message was very simple. Earn all you can save all you can in order that you can give all you can. And that's the spirit of everything that we're doing the next few weeks. You're going to be receiving a letter with your estimate giving card in the mail this week. And we're going to invite you to bring it back in the next two Sundays to share your estimate of giving for the year 2020 because we have lots of exciting things we have in mind uh, as we continue to grow and expand our ministry into this community here in Noblesville. And uh, we also want to let you know, next Sunday, we're going to share three stories, just like the one we just told about our ministries and what your giving makes possible. And then on the 24th, I'm going to share the, the highlights of John Wesley's sermon on the use of money and talk about what it means to earn all you can, to save all you can, and to give all you can. Today, we have the privilege of having with us Brian Mills to kick off our generosity campaign. He spoke last year, but we didn't give him enough time, so, so we've got to have him come back and, and give him... Plenty of time for him to share what's on his heart because he's got a great story. Brian uh, has served as president and CEO of the Community Health Network since 2009. He is the board chair of the United Way of Central Indiana. He was also instrumental in convening the Alliance for a Healthier Indiana. And he has taught our fourth and fifth grade Orange Express group for 15 years now. Brian's married to Kathy Hahn Mills and has four sons and three grandchildren. Please welcome Brian. Hey, good morning. Um, it is truly a pleasure to be here this morning. I'm humbled to have the opportunity to talk with you and share my story of um, my time and talent and treasure. And I just hope that somehow it helps you reflect on your role in, in your faith and what you, how you can serve the Lord. Um, I am, I'm, I've been in Noblesville a long time. I, have not, I was not born here, moved here going on 50 years ago, which is hard to believe. I'm a graduate of Noblesville High School. I see some of my classmates sitting over here. They, they've aged not as much as I did. <laughs> I'll um, uh, be 34 years this coming uh, Saturday that I was married to Kathy Hahn, who said I do and I've uh, made her hold to that ever since. So I, we're celebrating anniversaries. But I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a brother, I'm a son, I'm a friend, I'm a G-daddy to my grandkids, and I'm a sinner. And it took me a long time to realize that I am a sinner, and it's something that keeps me grounded. The first, uh, first 35 years of my life, I called myself a Christian. Didn't really know what that meant did not have a relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship, but I called myself a Christian. I, uh, and in the time, talent, treasure, I didn't spend much time, came to church on occasion, 
um, kind of when it was expected, but really didn't go out of my way to do that. I uh, didn't share any of my talents, which is uh, kind of hard to believe, but did not, did not realize that those talents were to be used in the church. And from a treasure standpoint, I'd say minimal. It uh, was not something that was a priority for me. And then life changed sometime in um, the mid-90s. I know exactly where I was standing when my phone rang or Kathy said, hey, uh, Pastor Belmore's on the phone. And uh, so I got on the phone and he said, Brian, I need you to be my finance chair. Well, I'd never chaired a, 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 any committee, never sat on a committee at church, had no idea how churches are financed. Made no sense to me. It's part, part of why I probably had not given. I had no idea. And I remember my mind racing, thinking, surely I can talk my way out of this. I did not, was not successful, so I became his finance chair. And uh, I did that for a few years, five or six years. And I remember one year we had a big delta between what we thought was coming in and what the expenses were. And I remember asking to meet with uh, Bill, and I went into his office. I said, we got a problem. And he said, what is it? And I told him, he said, we don't have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> and I said, really, what, what's that? And he said, you lack faith. And to him, he kind of chuckled after he said that. And to me, it was like a dagger right in my heart because I'd been exposed. I did lack faith. I just didn't know, you know, what to do about it. So at that point in time, all of a sudden now it's in my mind, the next thing that I recall, and I could stand here all morning and tell stories that happened over the past 20 years. It's just mind-boggling. But Kathy was reading a book called um, Left Behind. And so she gave me that first book, and I read that first book, and I had no doubt in my mind that I was that pilot left behind, unequivocally. Then uh, sometime in here, I had um, a lunch. I had a physician, good friend, retired orthopedic surgeon, uh, still good friends, and we had lunch uh, on, a, on a periodic basis. And at lunch one day, he said, Brian, uh, do you know you're going, if you're going to heaven? No, he said, do you know for certain that you're going to heaven? And I remember just all of a sudden trying to think of any other way to change this topic because I knew I could not answer that question. And he said, Brian, it's a yes or no. And I said, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure, Frank. So he said, I want you to read the book of John, and we're going to meet next week at the same time. So I read the book of John. I came back. Uh, he actually gave me a Bible I still have that day. Um, it's uh, 2001, uh, February 21st, 2001. Um, and uh, we talked about the book. And then he said, now I want you to find Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 that Pastor Aaron just, just read. And it's the first time I ever realized that I didn't have to work my way into heaven. I wasn't being judged. There wasn't some sort of a tick mark somewhere that said, yeah, you're in or you're out. It was by grace through faith. By grace through faith. Not due to works. That were planned in advance for me to do. That I was given this talent to go do something with it. What would I do? The next thing I recall was... Um, Signing up for a Bible study. Never been in a Bible study. Kathy and I signed up to take Christ Christian Believers with Pastor Warren Otter, sitting right over here. He brought the Bible to life. He made it real. It wasn't just those stories in the past. It was the stories today. And he could all of a sudden take that Bible and turn it into what's happening in our world 
and it became vivid. And I couldn't read enough. I couldn't talk enough. I couldn't find out enough. After that class, we took Disciple 1, and then all of a sudden, I, Disciple 2, I said, I can do this by myself. I didn't have to have Kathy holding my hand for the first time. And they asked me to lead this class, of all things. And I'm thinking, I'm not qualified to do that. But I did. And what was really amazing is that I had a lot of stuff going on at work through all, this, all these things happening, and my schedule just kept opening up. I, do, I wasn't 100% perfect attendance between those three classes, but I was pretty close. And it was something that I really didn't think was possible. So while all this is going on, there's a side of work happening as well. I, um, I'm an accountant by education. I um, went to work in public accounting, and in 1985, I took a job with Community Hospital. There was one then to be the guy who would run finance for the new hospital built, being built that we now call Community North. And I did that for a few years. And then um, I had some ideas and some other businesses that I wanted to start, and the community provided the capital, started these subsidiaries, and I ran these subsidiaries for about 20 years. And then my boss decided to announce his retirement in 2008. And the board chair came to me and said, hey, Mills, we didn't get your resume. I said, that's because I'm not interested. I'm very happy in what I do. I don't want that job. And basic, and I'm also not qualified, I hope you know. He said, send your resume. So I sent it. And in um, um, April of 2009, I was hired, appointed as the CEO for Community Health Network. And so for the first few months, you know, you're meeting people. You're trying to figure out what's going on. I really had never knew much about what, what that role was all about. And then all of a sudden, I got to a point where I was a, a bit uncertain about what my job really is. I've never run a hospital. I don't have a master's in hospital administration. I'm, actually, I've never run a department in a hospital. I have no idea how to do that. And I remember struggling about what is, what is, what do I do here? And um, a physician from Anderson, Indiana, named Dr. Bill Anderson, calls one day, and I'd known Bill for a while, and he said, hey, Brian, we want you to come talk to our, our physician fellowship group. It's called Witness at Work. We'd like for you to come talk to our group and share your story. So I drove up to Anderson and uh, spent about an hour doing this, maybe another half hour afterwards talking to Bill. And, and Bill said, you know, you've got, a, you've got a good story. It's amazing what's happening here. Do you realize that until Jesus returns, it's our responsibility to, to demonstrate Jesus ever, anywhere we are? And you've been called. And I remember saying, call what? He said, you've been called. You're called to be the face of Jesus in our organization. You're called to make him real in our organization. And I remember just driving back uh, to Indianapolis after that and just thinking, whoa, this is, this is, this is a, big, a big thing. And I had such respect for him. And as I reflect upon that, I just said, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to make this my, my priority, my priority of anything that I do. And whether it's, again, a priority of time or priority, priority of talent or treasure, I'm ready to do it. So that's what I set out to do. So in the work, in the work field of this, um, communities are organization, a number of hospitals, you know, lots of ambulatory sites. We've got uh, over 16,000 employees. Uh, we see... Uh, approximately just over 11,000 patients each day on average. 
always say it's, I don't know if, this, if it's really a business. Uh, most businesses have customers who want to be there. Uh, we have 11,000 who don't. <laughs> and, and yet, at the same time, so okay, what do you do here? Well, a few things started. We have new employee orientation every Monday morning. We average 50 people new to our organization every Monday. I go there, I talk to them unless I'm out of town. I try to make sure they understand what we're all about. And I also make sure they all have my direct uh, phone number, my direct email address. And the reason I do that, I think part of my call is that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be a face for the most vulnerable. So if you're an employee and you're in a situation that's not so good, you can throw a life raft out. If you're a patient in our organization, you also get my direct phone number and my direct email address. And people call. I won't say a lot, but people call. It's a frequent thing. And, you, and you're trying to help connect. Or people I bump into anywhere say, hey, I'm looking for this or I'm looking for that. Can you help me? And the, and the sheer joy of being able to help connect somebody to something is, is pretty powerful. And then we didn't really have a leadership system, so we developed a leadership system. It's a, it's a servant leadership system. It's based on the principles of Jesus. We're not, quotely, I mean, we're not technically a, a, a religious organization. I, I have issues with that. I think we are. I think we, uh, and that's, that's how we, we lead. Uh, we've got another program we started called Serve 360. It's a way in which we give back to the community. We have hundreds of opportunities every year and if you work with the community, this is something that I expect you to do, to give back. Some it's required, some it's not. All I promise anybody, it's going to be the best day of your year. And most people who do it say, well, how can I do it again? So we're going to give back. So those are the ways in which I believe it's my responsibility to make this fulfilled within the people that touch our organization. And then personally, you know, it's changed my personal life because uh, it's a priority. Um, as Pastor Jerry said, I, I, I get to teach Sunday school. I, I, I forgot that part of the story. After I was trying to figure out what to do uh, following Disciple 2, uh, Jack Wolf was the um, pastor, and I went to Jack and said, okay, where do I go from here? And uh, he said, we need male Sunday school teachers. And I was really glad when he talked about fourth and fifth, sixth grade, because by seventh grade, they're all bigger than I am, so at least I can handle them handle this piece of it, but I've done that for, for many, many years, and I get great joy every Sunday morning if I'm in town to sit down and look at these eyes, and we have fun. I'm not a traditional teacher. Um, sometimes I hope that's, that's why they understand that they're learning about Jesus when they don't even know, know that they're learning about Jesus. But at home, you know, I try to be a better example for my, my, my son, that they see that this is a priority whether it's church or volunteering or giving back or Bible study or just being a prayer leader or being somebody that they know is there for them or their friends or anybody else. So that's how he's impacted my life. And it's really difficult to, to figure out what to do with all this sometimes. And it's interesting, a couple of years ago, somebody gave me a book. It was actually written by Ernie Johnson, Jr., the sports broadcaster. But it's an autobiography, and I like those things. So I said, oh, I'll... Read a few pages and see what it's about. It's a book of faith. Well, it's just amazing. Amazing book. And uh, in there, he had a few, several quotes in there. One of them I keep with me every day. I carry these little cards around that kind of organizes my life. But one of them in here that his quote is, is trust God, period. 
so when I pick out my cards, that's what it says first. And so as we go through all the chaos, all the decisions we have to make, should I do this, should I not do this, it's really simple. Trust God, period. I'm, uh, I'm still a sinner. I still ask for forgiveness on a daily basis, and I still strive to do the call that he's called me to do. And, uh, and with that, I hope somehow that this, you can reflect upon this and that this can help you as well as you try to find your, space, your place within his kingdom.